With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Please take your seats. School is now in session. Welcome to Homeschool Podcast. Homeschool. The Homeschool Podcast. Why? Because it was homeschool. It's time to document the journey. Hello out there in podcast land. Sorry, that was loud. Even for me, I heard that. Apologize. What's up, everybody? It's Augustino Zoida, your favorite podcast host. Maybe that's exaggerating a little bit. But anyway, welcome back. We know you have a lot of options out there for podcasts. So it means the world to us. When I say us, I mean me here at Homeschool Podcast that you're uh, returning or giving us a try. Listen, everybody, uh, today's episode, let me tell you what we're going to talk about. There's no guest there's no co-host. It's just me, and it's a little one-on-one with you. Let me tell you what we're going to talk about, because last week, I had on a, I had on a guest. I had on Xavier Guerrero. We're talking comedy, but then when uh, when he left the group chat, the video chat, we uh, I started talking about some other things. Started talking about, uh, the, you know, being where you are and appreciating where it is and not dwelling on where you want to be, uh, which is different than, you know, not not to say that you shouldn't have goals. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So, let's do it. Let's do it, everybody. I wanted to, th- there's a good point in that, and there's a good lesson in that, and I just think that we should talk more on it, because I kind of just briefly touched on it the last episode and I want to talk more about it because I think there's something there and it's something that I am uh, learning and I already know it I've already learned it but I'm trying to apply it and actually use it so uh, we're going to talk about more examples of that but first I'd like to let everyone know that uh, right now while you're listening this while you're listening to this I am in Little Rock, Arkansas, okay? By the time this episode comes out, maybe you're listening to it late uh, Tuesday night. Maybe you're listening to it uh, early Wednesday morning or this week, whatever. Listen, guys, it's Labor Day week. You're going somewhere. Hopefully, uh, this episode, you, you tuned in while you're driving. But anyway, I am in Little Rock, Arkansas, August 31st, so Wednesday through Sunday. So August 31st through September 4th. All right, everybody. So um, all Labor Day weekend, you can come out and see me at the Looney Bin. I am working with uh, Tricks, the comedian Tricks. He's great. I'm super excited that he's uh, decided that 
Uh, he's going to bring me along for this. I'm excited to do it. I've never played the Looney Bins, so that's why uh, a couple reasons why I decided to do it because normally, if you guys have been following along, um, I, 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 I practice what I preach, and I preach that you have to promote yourself sometimes, and I don't want to open for anyone anymore, and I most certainly don't want to host for anyone anymore, so... Uh, I have definitely done that. So it takes sacrifices to promote yourself. So I've turned down hosting work a bunch. I've turned down feature work a bunch. But a couple of reasons I've, de- I've decided to do this one because you got to be smart about it sometimes. You know, guys, number one, Trix is a really cool dude. I get along with him well. I don't mind hanging out with him. He's funny as hell, so I don't have to worry about him coming up to me afterwards and going like, oh, tone it down or don't do this bit, blah, 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 blah. Just cool dude. Get along well. I've had him on this show before. Uh, if you don't know him, check him out. He's really, really funny. And another reason is that I've never played the Looney Bins before, and I feel like it's a club that I could probably headline, and ha- and this is a good way for them to see me. So you can see me and Trix at uh, the Looney Bin in Little Rock, Arkansas, August 31st through September 4th. I hope to see you guys there this weekend. Besides that, I'm coming to Nebraska, September 15th and 16th. I will be in Omaha, Nebraska on the 15th, and then Lincoln, Nebraska on the 16th. So uh, you can get tickets for that. And then after that, in October, I'm headed over to uh, Massachusetts. I got October 7th. I'm in Worcester, Massachusetts. And then October 8th, you can catch me in Foxborough, at Patriots Place, right outside Gillette Stadium. I'm super pumped for that. So all of these shows I just mentioned, Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska, Massachusetts dates, everything, all the tickets are on sale right now at homeschooledpod.com or augustinocomedian.com. Remember, homeschooledpod.com. Click on tour. All right, now let's get to the episode and um, so here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about <clears throat> you have to be here right now so that you can be there later. Now, everybody wants there now, okay? Everybody wants there now. You'll never get there now. And if you do get there now, let me tell you something. It ain't that great, and you got it at the wrong time, Okay? So you got to be here now so you can get there later. Because when you're there, where you want to be now, you'll want something else. And you'll want to be there. And you can get there later, okay? So I want to talk about the importance of appreciating here right now. And why you have what you have and why you are where you are. So... And really quickly, let's let's go off on a little side note here is this isn't I'm not saying don't have goals, don't have dreams. I'm not saying you shouldn't want these things. I'm not saying you shouldn't want a better life, a better career, to be further in your career, to be higher up. And I'm not saying that you don't deserve these things either because there's certain situations where maybe somebody does deserve it. And uh, they're not being recognized for whatever reason. Now, with that being said, let's move forward. Um, And I'm talking about this when we can use many different examples. So when I say you're here now so that you will be able to handle there 
later. And what does that mean? All right, so here's some examples. You want to be a headliner, right? You're looking at comics who headline. And you're saying, I want a headline. Okay? So maybe right now you are emceeing still, or you're featuring or middling, whatever. Uh, you are, you know, not on the road yet. Maybe you're not even featuring yet. Maybe you got 30 minutes, but nobody's taking you on the road to open. And, you know, you want to be the feature. Or you want to be the headliner, whatever. Okay? Wherever you are, you want to be the next level. So you're watching guys who are headlining, and they're actually touring, or they're getting work, and you think, like, I want to get work. I want to perform here, here, there, and there. Um, Or I want somebody to take me on the road with them. So that's what you want. And you'll get there when the time is right. But everything has to come at its own pace. And here's where I tell you why you need to be here first before you can handle being there. And it seems pretty obvious when you put it in terms like that. Uh, You want to be a headliner. Well, you couldn't handle it if somebody gave it to you right now. And I know that you think that you can. When I started stand-up, I remember being four years in thinking to myself I got a half hour and maybe I did but I didn't really I remember one time uh, a really seasoned comic who had been doing it like maybe 18 20 years asked me how long you been doing it and I was like four years and he's like you don't have half hour because I had told him I'm like hey man why don't you take me on the road I got 30 minutes and he's like how long you been doing I said four years he goes you ain't got 30 minutes you think you do I know that you think that you can, but you can't. And especially you think that you can when you watch other people who are and you think that you're better than them. And maybe you are. Maybe you are. But you're only seeing them in certain situations. Maybe you only saw them on a stand-up reel for 30 seconds and you thought that wasn't a funny joke. But guess what? They're not. The, the professional comics are not releasing their funniest shit because they don't want to spoil it. They don't want to release their funniest shit for free, and then you come see them when they're doing the same bit. So the the comics who are headlining are releasing reels that aren't the best. It's like they're throwaways or they're jokes that they don't they're not going to do anymore, um, or they're doing like crowd work and stuff like that. And a lot of times it can come across as not funny. Or maybe you're watching YouTube videos or you watch stand up specials. Now stand up specials, some of them are great, most of them are not. Most stand-up specials, the majority of them, are not good. It's not capturing the essence of a live performance. I don't know what it is. It's the director. It's the cameraman. It's the venue they chose. It's the camera angles. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's the comic who's not used to filming in that environment. Uh, so, so you have to take into all these accounts. So you're watching one guy who's got a stand-up special on Netflix or Hulu or HBO, and you're going like, I'm better than them. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But, but they were given that because they were ready to receive it. Now, maybe they weren't ready to receive it, and they were giving it to them anyway. But guys... That's not going to help them in the long run. That's going to hurt them in the long run. And you should be happy that you're not given things too early. Okay? So we'll get to that in a second. Now, But let's stay on this idea of 
watching things. So you watch a stand-up special and you think this guy isn't funny. It's just not as funny to watch it on television in an environment that doesn't capture the laughs. Maybe the audio was bad and it sounded, or the acoustics in the room were bad and the cameras didn't pick it up correctly. It didn't sound like they were killing. But then when you go see these comics in their natural habitat, some comics' natural habitat is doing spots at local comic clubs, L.A., New York. Some of them, that's their natural habitat. For years, that was my natural habitat. Like, if I walk into a, a room where they're doing stand-up and you threw me a quick 10, 15-minute spot, oh, that was my, that was me and my home. That felt like home to me. I get on stage for those 15 minutes and I was just ready to rock it, man. And I was just, I, I had several different 15-minute sets oiled down to a T. So you go like, oh, I got 30. That means that you got three 10-minute spots or six 5-minute spots or two 15-minute spots. That should be perfect, okay? So that was me and my natural habitat. Now, some comics, which is where I am now, my natural habitat is still a comedy club, but it's more on the road when someone's giving me 30, 45, or 60 minutes to play with. That's more me and my natural habitat now as I've grown to have longer sets, which could be a good thing and a bad thing. It also hurts me when I go back down to shorter sets when I'm in town and people are just throwing you short sets again. I have a very difficult time condensing stuff that I've written to be longer and get to the the best punchlines quicker and cutting a lot of stuff out. So um, anyway, that's for another episode. So so the point is, is like that's my natural habitat. You, so when you see these guys or girls in their natural habitat, you will see them come alive and you will feel feel their fury and their wrath and you will wait till you have to go after them one day in their zone in their habitat wait in their natural environment where they've like strived and been working and practicing for the last couple of years wait till you have to go after them and then talk shit okay it's a whole different ball game and maybe you are funnier than them but they're putting you in a situation you're not used to and the other person is so now, you know, so now you want somebody to give you that opportunity. Let you work in that habitat. Let you grow grow in, in that space so you can have that, that same experience. But guys, you got to be here now so that you can handle there later. This is the theme of the show. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Sorry, I got an itch in my nose. If you, for those of you watching on YouTube, you got a real good front row view right now. But anyway... Those of you listening, not watching, happy Labor Day. Have, drive safe. All right. So um, <clears throat> that's the theme of the show. You need to be here now so that you can handle there later. If somebody gave you there now before you were ready for it, you wouldn't be able to handle it. So now, okay, someone gives you the headlining spot. How excited are you? You're doing comedy four years, maybe seven years. You've you featured here and there, 20 minutes here and there, and you're adding up all the jokes you have in your head, and you go, well, I could do 45 easily. Maybe a little crowd work, and I'll be able to do 60 if I have to, right? This is what you're thinking. And then someone goes, yeah, you want a headline? And you start going like, oh, man. Like, yeah, yeah man, I got my first headline and get all excited, okay? Now, if somebody gave it to you too soon, 
so much is going to go wrong. Now, the obvious, the obvious is that you're not going to have the time to fill. You think you do, you don't, okay? That first, that, that 25 minutes you think you have or that 30 minutes you think you have or that 45 minutes you think you have, it goes by real fucking quick when you're bombing, okay? It goes by real quick when you're bombing. Now, I'm not saying you're guaranteed to bomb, but I am saying that you've been doing 5, 10, and 15, and 20-minute spots in a town where you've written your whole act. And then when you go to another town, they're not going to find it as funny as that town because you've written things to cater to the people who tend to be at your shows. Now, a professional is funny anywhere to the exception of some places you have to alter your your uh set a little bit but even still uh you know you're you're a professional can rework it now i'm not saying you're guaranteed to bomb but let's say you are let's say the crowd's bad let's say it's a weird town that you've never been to or, or, or for whatever reason you just it wasn't your night you weren't on also you've never done 60 minutes before you may forget something and you might remember it later on throughout the set, but it's going to make you pause. And it's going to throw you off your whole thing. Anyway, let's, for whatever reason, it's not going well. And you're not getting the laughs that you want. That hour you think you have, you'll go through it in 20 minutes. Maybe. Maybe 20 minutes. You'll go through a half an hour in 5 to 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, you'll go through a half hour of material if you're bombing. Because, first of all, it's a natural instinct to speed up when you're bombing. Your body is just like, in your mind, let's hurry up and get to the next punchline. And hopefully that one will work because I can't take this silence. All right. Not to mention the laughs add in a lot of time. Every time they laugh, you pause. And the pauses take time. So when you pause, if you understand comedic timing, you know you got to pause for cert- at certain parts and certain bits and jokes. Uh, the area where you breathe, the area where you let them breathe, the area where they're laughing and you stop to let them catch up so they don't miss the next punchline that you're about to that you tagged on. So when you're taking all this into effect, the time you it just stretches. It'll go. You know when you're murdering. And you, that light will come on. You know, somebody will give you the light that you're already at 40, 45 minutes. So you got to start wrapping it up. And you're like, oh, man, that blew by already. But when you're bombing, man, you will just blow through all of your material because there's no laughs. There was no timing. There was no pauses. And, you know, and then you'll just be sitting there. You might bail, get off stage early and never get booked there again as a headliner. And that's another reason why you don't want to be given something too soon. We'll go into that in a second. Or you'll just, you know, pull crowd work out of your ass and barely get by. And then you still might not get booked again because it's not going to be that good. So so here's what, what I was saying. Let's get into that. Um, you don't ever want to be seen too soon. Now, this is very tricky. This is a very tricky advice because this advice some people desperately need to hear. And some, I don't want it to hurt you. It depends on where you are. And your level, you're gonna have to use your best judgment. So, and you're gonna have to have a realistic opinion of yourself as a performer, as an artist. Okay, really. 
So uh, you don't want to get seen too soon, man. You know, I know a bunch of comics that just wanted to showcase for all these clubs or audition for this, this, and that. And I mean, you really see a lot when you work at a comedy club. If you're starting out stand-up, I advise everyone to try to work at a comedy club in any fashion. You know, DJ or play, you know, play the music between comics for stage time, seat people, do the door for stage time. Uh, the trick to that is don't get stuck doing it too long. You don't want to work there for longer than like two years um, or get stuck in a place where you're only performing in one spot. But it, it really is beneficial for you on the business aspect and just learning comedy club etiquette and how to act and how to get booked more. But you should really work in a place. But at the very least, if you can, run an open mic. And if you can, do it at, the, at, at your town's comedy club, if you can. Because when you run an open mic... And everybody has to come to you to sign up. You talk to all different kinds of comics who are new, seasoned, and you see the mistakes that they make. Um, not only on stage, but you see the mistakes that they make talking to bookers. So I can't tell you working at a comedy club and being there when people had to sign up for mics, how much I learned of how many people moved to Los Angeles, which was the big thing. You know, I don't know. Right now, it seems like a lot of people are moving out of Los Angeles, but, you know, that's not. It, the arts is a completely different aspect. But there was a time where it was e even more, and it was during that period where, like, between 2010 and probably like 2018, 19, it was the stigma that wherever you were in the United States as a stand up comedian, the goal was to either go to New York or, or Los Angeles. Um, or even anywhere in the country, the goal was to come to Los Angeles, especially the more popular that comedy store became, the more that Rogan went there or Joey Diaz went there because their podcast, as their podcast grew, uh, it, the goal became to go to LA. All right. So working at a comedy club behind the bar, serving drinks to the comics and signing them up for open mic, I met so many people who had moved there. And guys, they just moved there that day. Like they got off a plane or they packed up their whole car with shit, drove to the club I was working at, and was like, I'm signing up for open mic today. And these people often had an ego so huge that at the time it, nothing could annoy me more. But now I have a little bit of respect for it because I, I, I definitely love the confidence. But at the time, I was probably so rude to people because they would just be pushy or walk all over you or try to, you know, that people will do a lot of things. So people that just moved there that day or that week were trying to get seen by the booker, okay? Now, this particular time and place I happened to manage the club and booked some of the shows at the club not all of the shows some of the shows some of them were outsourced to other guys who were uh, other producers who were doing like a one night a week or but, but and then the weekends were booked by the club owners but um, for the most part I was booking it and running the shows and recommending to the owners this guy's good this guy's not uh, or this girl, woman is good, or she's not. And uh, so they're coming to me like, yo, who do I talk to to get booked here on the weekends or whatever? You know, how do I get, like, I just moved here and y'all need to see me. Now, some of these guys have been doing comedy a long time 
and in in their state and maybe they were good um the majority of them haven't even been doing it that long they decided they wanted to follow their dream finally and start stand up and they just drove to la to start so this is what was happening and you don't want they were they were just they were just adamant about the booker seeing them you know they would go down to the laugh factory and on tuesday and get in line or whatever day it was i think it was tuesday laugh factory used to make you get in line i forget for how many hours you had to stand in line to sign up for open mic for the next week so they would do i've never done that but i know that's what they did i refused to do that so they make you get in line you're in line i don't know how many hours you finally get to the end of the line. You put your name on the open mic, and then that was the sign up for next week's open mic. Okay, they were doing that, and then the, because the the rule the the thing was is that the Booker or Jamie Masada at the time was actually watching the open mics and passing people, or you know starting to throw see who's funny and who's not and give them shows and things like that. Or I know flappers. I think even still to this day, you know, they some of their bookers watch the open mics and you know will go base off that which is good it's commendable that comedy clubs if they're telling the truth they really are watching and seeing look keeping an eye out for new talent that's fucking great but you don't want to get seen too soon when you're not good yet and i'm not saying you're never going to be good i'm just saying you're not good yet or you're not ready yet maybe you are good especially for a beginner maybe you're good but you're not good to do a late night show on the professional book shows when you've only got five minutes and it's good considering you just started stand up, but it's not good to where you're going to get thrown to the wolves in a packed house on a Saturday night and you're sandwiched between fucking great comics. You're going to die a slow death. And not only that, the booker is going to get a bad taste in their mouth and they're never going to book you again. So even though two years later, you actually got a solid 15 minutes now, and you're really fucking good. You're going to go back and say, hey, I'm better now. They ain't going to book you because they saw you when you – now they got a bad taste in their mouth from you, you know? So you need to be here before you can be there. If someone gives you there too soon, you won't be able to handle it. You want a house right now. You're living in a shitty apartment. Maybe you got a roommate. You look at other people and you go like, I want to be a homeowner. You want it now. But if you had it now, maybe you couldn't handle it. You got to trust that the universe is giving you things as you can handle it. And I know the process is long. And I know sometimes the universe is late. And I know sometimes people actually hold you down even though you are ready. But what can you do? You got to like always shoot for your goals you got to always you you know follow your dreams and keep getting better and always be getting better that's the thing even if you are good you always need to be convincing yourself that you could be better a real artist is always their own worst critic remember that you always should be the hardest on yourself than anybody so even if you are ready and you think that someone at the top is holding you down for whatever reason, you just can't move up or move forward in your career. And maybe you are ready. And I'm full of shit what I'm saying here. That you can handle it. Maybe that is the case for you. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't always be striving to be, to be better than you are. Then they can't, they can't deny you. 
okay? So you want the house now. Okay, so somebody just gives you a house. But then, the fucking plumbing don't work. The electricity's got old wiring. You're like, shit, I can't afford this. Now you're sitting there in a dump. Then you then you put all the money into trying to fix, make the repairs to make it livable. Then you can't make your mortgage. Now you're going to be out in the street. You'll be given things when you can handle it. And guess what? By the time that you can handle it, you'll be so much more prepared for the things that those things will throw at you. Because the house could still have repair issues or you'll have, you know, life happens. You may have a tough time making the mortgage or, you know, you lost your job or something like that. Life can happen, but you'll be stronger because you're here now and you got like thicker skin and you got balls of steel now and you've been down before and you know what it is to fight through it and you know what it is to starve. You can handle it more now. Another thing. I've seen comics get fame. So forget about headlining or working the road or actually, you know, getting booked. Talking about fame. I've seen comics get fame way too soon. And it's really unfortunate. It's really sad. And, you know, sometimes you'll sit there and go like, damn, I'm funnier than that guy. How come that guy got famous? Maybe he had the right auditions. He got some movies, pushed it through. Uh, he or she, you know, had uh, movies or he or she had, you know, a TikTok following blow up. That's another one. You know, you have people that are becoming uh, influencers and their TikTok following is blowing up or their Instagram following is blowing up. So, you know, you, you know now they got a couple million followers, but how can they turn this into revenue? So some people write books. Some people do all kinds of different art to sell. But a lot of them turn to stand-up comedy because maybe the they got their following from releasing funny videos, maybe not, whatever. But a lot of them turn to stand-up comedy. Now, you're going to have seats sold. You're going to get booked at clubs that some comics who have been doing it 15 years wish they got booked in the rooms that you're getting booked in. But you're not going to hold on to this for very long. Eventually, you're going to lose your audience when they pay good money of their hard-earned money to come see you and you can't follow through you don't have the time you only got like 15 minutes it ain't that good so you're gonna do crowd work a lot you're gonna do you know you're not gonna do you're 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 insulting like real stand-up comedy okay and eventually you're gonna lose your audience they're not gonna come buy tickets anymore the word's gonna get out you won't get booked anymore i mean someone's always gonna book if you can sell tickets but if you stop selling tickets because even people who are coming to see you are gonna be like they're not that good i don't want to go see them live i'm not gonna pay all that money so, but, you know, and, and and you're watching all of this happen and you're like, oh my God, these people don't deserve to be here. I do. I put the work in. I've been a stand-up for X amount of years and I'm funnier than them, but they got the following, so they got booked there. Or they got into movies, so now people know their face and their name. Guys, I'm not going to mention no names. There's a, There's several people, one in particular that's on my mind right now, that I watch them get really good fame. Too soon in their career. They weren't not funny. They were really good. They were funny. They were talented. Uh, But they weren't that funny. They were kind of cheesy. They were kind of 
silly jokes. They were kind of not smart. They weren't crushers. They can get away with on a 15, 20-minute set, half-hour set. Maybe they could do okay. Or the shorter the set, the better they kill. But if, you know, you paid to go see them, do like an hour. It was like, oh, man. And, and word got out that they weren't that good. Word gets out that, you know, we went to go pay to see him and he wasn't so good. And then the agents talk. And then the bookers talk. And then the servers talk. You go do a comedy club, the servers the next weekend are going to tell the next comic, oh, so-and-so was here last week. Oh, that guy from all those movies? Yeah, how was he? Oh, he's really not fucking good. Some people walked. Some people left in the middle of the show. Because that's what happens. People buy tickets because it's someone famous that they see on the TV or movies. But then they'll walk out in the middle of their act. I mean, it happens to dirty comics. You know, it happened to Brad Garrett for years. It happened to Bob Saget for years. You know, Bob Saget was the host of America's Funniest Home Videos. And he was, uh, you know, the dad from the family sitcom Full House. And then Brad Garrett was Robert from Everybody Loves Raymond. So they have this huge following. And then people will go see them. And these are family people, and then these guys were dirty comics, and so people would leave. Now imagine if you just aren't that good yet. You aren't ready. You should be, okay, you got the name. You can draw. They should be you know, booking you and limiting your time and then putting a bunch of other comics on the show to fill the time and things like that. So this is why, you know, I know you want fame right now, but you got to be here now so you can handle it later. Somebody gives it to you too soon, you can't handle it. Now, all this that I'm saying seems really, really obvious. Now, let's talk about another one. Another thing that comes with fame and money before you were ready to handle it. If somebody gave me a movie or a TV show or I sold a script for a sitcom and now I'm touring doing stand-up and I got, you know, a couple million in the bank from, the, from uh, you know, the show I sold and I'm starring in it, whatever. Somebody gave that to me when I first started stand-up at 20 years old. Or forget it, four years later when I'm 24. Or forget it, 27, 26, when I, like before I met my wife, let's just say. 26 years old. That money would have been spent on dumb shit. I would have bought a Ferrari. You know, you don't know who you are when you're 24, 26 years old. You think you know who you are. You don't know who you are. I would have thought, like, yeah, I'm going to get these expensive cars. and I'm going to live the lap of luxury. You know, I would have bought an extravagant house that I didn't need. I, or, or, you get hooked on drugs and alcohol. And then you become a drunk. And then you can't separate when to do those things and when not to do those things. Listen, guys, I like to drink even now. But if you came and talked to me at, from 21 years old to like 26, I was doing drugs. I was drinking every night till at least 2 o'clock in the morning, sometimes 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, what do you think you're going to do when you give fame and money to a person like that? You don't even know who you are yet. You think you want a Ferrari and a mansion. That's what you think you want. And maybe you're going to be 50 years old and still want that stuff. Maybe. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to spend it all. And then your TV show is going to get canceled. And now you've got a mortgage you can't afford. afford A car payment you can't afford. No money in the bank. you got to file bankruptcy. 
Now you got a drug problem. You got an alcohol problem. Then you fucked up several times and you got drunk and did drugs at the venue you're performing at. Rumors are now spreading around you that you got drunk on stage or you act like an asshole. That's another thing when you get fame too young. You become uh, too arrogant and you don't know how to stay humble. And then people don't want to work with you. All of these things, you want it now, but you ain't ready now. You'll get it when you're ready, man. You'll get it when it when, when you're ready, okay? You'll be able to handle it then. Now that I'm 34 years old, I'm not saying I'm ready for fame. Maybe even right now I think I am, but maybe I'm not. But now at 34 years old, I'd be happy if I sold a script. I'd be happy if I sold a sitcom that went only like two seasons even. Even if I, I wouldn't even have to be the star of it. I'd be like, yeah, let me be the next door neighbor. Let's put some good actors to be the stars of it. Let me just, you know, I would be way more humble. I wouldn't go buy a fucking mansion. I get a nice, humble little home. This is what's on my mind now because next year, what if my show gets canceled and I, got, I can't afford it? You know, I would get a nice little home. I'd get a nice little place for my parents to live. I wouldn't go get a Ferrari. You know, now I know who I am as a person. You don't know who you are at 20, 21, 24. At 34, I'd like to think that I know who I am as a person or at least where my life is headed. I know that a Ferrari isn't who I am. It wouldn't make me happy. Things. My personality is I like a Jeep. You know what I mean? It don't have to be a new Jeep. I like, uh, you know, give me a fucking old one that I can fix up, you know. Like that's got character. You know, I would be humble. I would. I know now how to respect. How to how to how to be humble because I've eaten dirt for fucking years. I've been hungry for years. I've had to open for guys and be respectful. I've had to like be respectful at every comedy club I've walked into. I've seen guys get too much of an ego and treat door guys like shit. Somebody just working the door. And you know, I think that I could handle more things now humble and respectfully and I wouldn't lose it as quick so that's the message for today everybody is I know you want things that's good to want things it's great to have goals and it's great to go after them but you always have to be trying to outdo yourself and always be better and grow and I know you want all those things now but Maybe you won't handle it. Maybe you think you will, but maybe you won't. It's going to come to you at the right time. Now, that's what I want you to keep in mind. That's the theme of today's podcast. That's the message of today's podcast is you're here now so that you can handle there later. Okay? Because all good things you have to work for. All good things don't come easy. And if it came easy, maybe it's not that good. Maybe it's not going to last that long. That's what she said. All right, there's the end of the episode. (laughs) All right, you guys, I hope that you really enjoyed it. I hope that you're safe. I hope that you're staying cool. I'm here in Southern California right now recording this. And we are just beginning our heat wave for the... uh, you know, whatever artificial fucking weather is created by the, uh, I don't know who fucking runs the world. 
or, or runs California for that matter. Have you noticed that like the heat waves coincidentally always perfectly happen on the we holiday weekends? They want to make money, guys. They want you out doing stuff. They want you out spending money on gas, driving, going out on the boat, going on planes. So they want to make sure that it's nice and hot for you so you can put gas in your car and drive down to the beach or the lake and put gas in the jet skis and the fucking boat and uh you know whatever the fuck it is so um what i'm getting at is i believe that uh it's artificial weather that there's spraying shit in the air to control and manipulate the weather which we already know that other countries confirm that they do especially when they're having big events and they don't want it to fuck up their money so um you know china admitted that they did it for the olympics I called that they were going to do it for the Rams game, even though we had really cold weather. All of a sudden, the Super Bowl was really warm because uh, they had a ton of money invested in, in the Rams going to the Super Bowl. Um, anyway, if you go back around the Super Bowl, you will see I talked about all that. But anyway, it's fucking hot. And most places I looked up are having like a little bit of a heat wave uh, higher than normal than they're used to. But, uh, you know, so wherever you are, I hope you're cool. I hope you're safe. I hope that you're taking care of your pets and you're minding your pets for fireworks. Make sure you lock up. They'll run. Please don't set off fucking fireworks in your neighborhood. Please be an adult. There's animals that run away. Then there's wild animals out there that will eat them. Uh, they don't, they're fucking house pets. They don't know how to survive. Please be a fucking human being. Um... Just be safe, guys. Just be safe. Stay cool. Take care of your pets. Fucking always put them, you know, like your kids. Got to think about their well-being. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, I'll see you this week in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, August 31st. It's a Wednesday through uh, September 4th, Sunday. So, one show on Wednesday, one show on Thursday, two show on Friday, two show on Saturday, one show on Sunday. Boom, then I fly back Labor Day to relax a little bit. And then we start our week strong like we always do. Working out, writing, always trying to be better. And um, I hope to see you at the show. If not, Nebraska, Omaha is on September 15th. Lincoln, Nebraska is on September 16th. And then Worcester, Massachusetts, October 7th. Foxborough at Gillette Stadium. Come see me perform at Wormtown Brewery. It's in Patriots Place right outside Foxborough. I'm fucking pumped. I'm wearing my Foxborough Forever shirt on stage. Uh, Come out, guys. Tickets are on sale now for all of these shows that I mentioned. Hopefully, I'll see you in Little Rock, Arkansas this week. AugustinoComedian.com. Click on Tour or homeschooledpod.com. Click on tour. Homeschooledpod. Click on tour. I hope to see you at one of the upcoming shows. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. I hope it meant something to you. I hope it got you through those dark thoughts that you've been having about not being happy where you are right now, but it's all going to be benefited. You're going to benefit from it in the future. I promise. Hang in there. Stay strong and continue to come back here where we document the journey at homeschooled podcast don't forget to only love can save the world happy labor day i'll see you guys next week i love you peace homeschool podcast homeschool the homeschool podcast why because he was homeschooled i don't want to do that (laughs) okay i don't want to do that at all